We are the people of God, but scripture reminds us that we still sin. We need to confess our failures, knowing that the Lord Jesus intercedes for us with the Father, who freely forgives us through his infinite goodness and mercy. So let us draw near to God with sincerity and confidence and confess our sins together. Giver of life, we have not thanked you enough for each breath we can take, each moment we live, each experience we enjoy or endure. We are more likely to complain than to appreciate, to wallow in cries of agony and loss, than to pour out joy and gratitude. We repeat our mistakes instead of learning from them. We try to keep you out of our lives instead of turning to you daily and trusting your providence. Turn us around, God. We want to experience the confident joy of living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God is slow to anger and full of compassion. He forgives all who humbly repent and trust in his Son as Savior and Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. Let us now boldly state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now we invite you in the love of Christ to turn and greet your neighbor.
Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. We are so thankful that it's a dry morning. <laughs> and uh, we're grateful to be gathered together in worship. We hope that you'll find this to be a place of welcome. Love for you to sign the friendship pads which are at the end of the pews. Pass those to your neighbors and uh, note those folks who are sitting near you and welcome them again following worship to a little time perhaps under the shade of the tree. We have good news and bad news. The good news is that we have a vacation Bible school starting tomorrow and the good news and bad news is that it's filled up. Um, we are now only at a waiting list, so by, if you have a chance, you haven't had your child registered for a vacation Bible school, we would still love to hear from you. Call the church office. We can let you know if some spaces open up after the uh, Bible school begins. But uh, good news is our classrooms are filled, and that's a great, great uh, thing for us this coming week. So be in prayer for those who are leading that uh, great ministry as we, um, as we carry out our effort to reach children and their families. Another good news, bad news is uh, Ben Zobrist is coming to speak along with his wife Juliana on June the 26th. And the bad news is, is that that's filled up as well. So we um, are uh, grateful that we've had such a great response. There's a chance we might be able to have a few tickets open. You might want to call, get on a waiting list as well. And that uh, will, you can uh, call the church office tomorrow and we'll see about getting you on that waiting list in case some tickets become available. So. But uh, good news for us this summer that these things are being filled up and we're grateful that we have a chance to reach so many people. Next week we will be receiving uh, your support of uh, migrant fathers. You'll see that announcement in your bulletin. Underneath the tree will be a table for you to support those uh, fathers and mothers, parents who are taking care of their children, migrant workers, as we come alongside of them. And uh, more information in your bulletin about that. Our SHAPE class begins this evening uh, for at I believe 5 o'clock, 5.30. And you'll note that announcement in your bulletin, a chance for you to come and learn about your own spiritual gifts and how you can be uh, led led by God to a very particular ministry here and around Church of the Palms. A new class begins today, our Shepherding Evangelist class over in the Campus Center. After our service this morning, you'll wanna head over there. Joe Davis, who has been teaching over in the garden, will be available to uh, lead that class, and you'll want to be uh, a part of that as well. Many of you heard just recently that we have uh, agreed to uh, bring forward out of our music ministry, Geneviève Beauchamp, who is uh, the director of the Sarasota Young Voices, to be our director of music, uh, to uh, follow in the big footsteps of John Ferreira and Judy Lutz. And uh, Geneviève is with us today. I'd like to have you come on up, Geneviève, and be welcomed unofficially or officially into our ministry here. Would you welcome her into our... My name is Geneviève. We can practice that later. I know it's a hard name. <laughs> I, I'm so thankful to be here today. A year and a half ago when I moved Sarasota Young Voices to Church of the Palms, uh, John and Judy were so wonderful and so welcoming. And ever, everybody's been wonderful and welcoming to us and to my family as well. And uh, um, I, I know I have very big shoes to fill, but uh, I really am so thankful to be already calling this place home. And I look forward to making music with you for the glory, glory of God. Thank you. You'll be learning much more uh, from Genevieve and about her over the course of the next months. She'll be uh, spending a little time uh, alongside of John and Judy as uh, we make that transition. 
and uh, she will begin officially her duties on October the 1st. But as I said, you'll be seeing her from time to time throughout the course of the summer. So again, we're just so glad that you're with us and we'll be taking on this new role. Let's continue our worship. Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Under nothing earthly minded, for with blessings in his hand. Christ our God to earth descendeth, our full homage to Kings yet born of Mary, as of old on earth he stood. Lord of lords, in human vesture, in the body and the blood, he will give. To all the faithful, his own self forever. Rank on rank, the host of heaven spreads its vanguard. Descendeth from realms of realms of endless day. I will pass of hell as the darkness clears the
Let us join our hearts and our words together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. It's good to be in your house in fellowship with you and with each other on this Lord's Day. Last week is now behind us and we've had many kinds of experiences. There have been some victories and some defeats, some concerns and some joys. You did promise to be with us through all of that and you promised you would never leave us. Without the strength that comes from you, we will never make it. So we ask you to take the experiences of this week and make us stronger right at the places where they are needed. We pray for those who are down spiritually and perhaps defeated by some word or action that wasn't right. And for those with physical problems and needs, Lord, you know and see each one and you're concerned about them all. And you know how to meet them right exactly at their point of individual need. Please assure them of your love and your concern for them because we know you do care. Now help them to know. Surround them with Christian brothers and sisters who will strengthen and encourage them. Show them your love, we pray, in a new way today. Specifically, we'd like to lift up those still recovering from the rash of tornadoes and hurricanes in large sections of our country. We pray for those faced with huge recovery from their immense losses. Our hearts reach out for the hardships and the difficulties that many of our fellow citizens are going through as a result of the devastation and the loss of life. We see the pictures, we hear the reporters trying to explain what they see, and, all, and we understand that all these people are individuals going through sorrow and loss on their own. We pray that their hearts and minds will be open to the ministry of your spirit through the thousands of men and women that reach out to them in so many different ways in aid. We pray that through the tragedies of their hearts, they will be turned to you. Yes, life was not designed to be problem-free, but by your strength, we all can make it through, and we pray for your healing and a strong hand in, in this situation. We thank you for your presence with us right now in this service. We sense that you are here. We want to be drawn closer to you. We want to be encouraged and uplifted and challenged in our lives. We pray for Pastor Steve as he ministers to us this morning. You've already spoken to him, and now we expect you to speak to us through him. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus, our Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. It is not the temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now we'll ask our ushers to come forward and lead us in the giving of our tithes and offerings.
we pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your steadfast love and what you've given to us. We pray that these gifts from our hearts will be transforming to the church, to others who need it, and that our time, our money, and our witness will be everlasting in the gifts we offer back to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
may be seated. Now we'd like to invite the Bell family to come forward for baptism and as well invite all the kids to come down and sit over here on this side of the chancel to witness this great sacrament and to have your children's moment. Come right over here, guys. You want to be able to see. We get a front row seat for this. We'll just find a place. Good job. Good morning. Hello, hello. How you doing? Excellent. All right. Well, it is good to have the Bell family here to bring their little daughter, Kaya, to be baptized. And Benjamin and Savannah are going to watch real closely and are waiting for their time, maybe in a little while, to be baptized as well. But we're grateful that little Kaya is before us and to have the chance to reach out to her as the family of faith and to receive her into the covenant community that she may know that she is loved by God and loved by God's children. That's why we make promises in baptism. We answer questions as a way of being that covenant family so that we can on our own be the people that this little girl will need us to be as she grows into the family of faith. So we're grateful for this chance and I would like to invite Adam and Erica if you would mind responding to these questions as you bring little Kaya to be baptized this morning. Do you reaffirm your own faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? Do you claim God's covenant promises on your child's behalf? And do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for her salvation as you do your own? And do you now unreservedly promise in humble reliance upon God's grace to set before Kaya an example of the new life in Christ? And do you, the members of this congregation, in the name of the whole church of Christ, undertake with these parents the Christian nurture of their child so that in due time she may confess faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you? We do. And will you endeavor by your example and fellowship to strengthen her ties with the household of God? Will you? We will. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this great moment in the life of the church when we can receive in baptism and through the presence and power of your Holy Spirit this child into our covenant family. We are thankful that you love us and that you have loved us from the very start and that this baptism is a sign that we see that love at work already. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you will bless her as we come to this moment where she becomes a part of the great family of faith. For we ask it in Christ's name, amen. Kaya Jordan Bell, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What do you think, guys? Huh? Pretty cool, huh? A lot of you had this happen to you. And little Kaya is a part of the big family of God. We get to celebrate with her and with her family. And she wants to come and be with you guys, I think. So, so we are grateful for that. And let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this little girl. We thank you for her life. 
We thank you that she is a part of our church family, and we pray your blessing upon her as she knows of your love and as her family knows of your love, and may they all come to rely upon you every step of their way. In Jesus' name, amen. Lori Haas is going to share with you a little something to take with you. On behalf of Family Ministry, we want to officially welcome you to the bigger, larger church family of God. And God has claimed all of us, but in baptism we have that special opportunity to make a promise to you as your church family and your extended church family to journey with you. We believe that Erica and Adam, you two are the most important influence on her life. But we know also that you're not the only influence that she's going to need, and that's what we're all here for. So on behalf of Family Ministry, we want to give you a family devotional Bible story for all of you guys to do together so that there's faith at home. That's where it really flourishes, and then a certificate to commemorate this special day. Thanks. Amen. Here you go. I think I'll give her back. All right, so kids, I want to introduce to you a friend of mine. This is Matthew Stern. Matthew has a whole bunch of gifts, and I want to see if you share any of those same gifts. Matthew likes to sing. Does anyone like to sing? We got two singers in all, a little bit, yeah. Matthew plays the piano. Does anyone play the piano here? Excellent. Matthew plays tennis. Anybody here like to play? Yes, Matthew is kind. Any kind? Got one. Excellent. Matthew's funny and smart. Any? F yes. Yes. Matthew has all of these gifts. And in, at VBS this coming up week, he's going to be one of our worship leaders. So you'll get to see a lot of him. Matthew has all these gifts, and he wanted to serve God using these gifts in a brand new way. So he said, Miss Lori, could I maybe help you out with the children's moment and with kids' worship? Because that's how I want to use my gifts this summer. And I'm like, Hallelujah. Raise the roof. So that's what we're going to be doing together. So this summer, we're on that back to basics. Like if we want to be like Jesus, we have to go back to the basics sometimes. And remember in Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom, he grew in faith, and he grew in friendship. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about in June and, June and July. And Matthew, what have you got that you're playing with? A bag of dirt. Why would you bring a bag of dirt to church? Why not? <laughs> um, well, you can do a lot of fun things with dirt. Have any of you guys done anything fun with dirt? Tallulah, can you get up there? Tell us what you've done in dirt, with dirt. I've made mud cakes. Excellent! Oh, Evan, you want to go run over and see what... Or Ryan, sorry. Um, Flowers. You what? You planted flowers? Cool. Oh, did you do something fun with dirt? Sorry. I fell in it. <laughs> <laughs> we all make those mistakes. That's awesome. But um, something cool that Jesus did with dirt was he took um, a handful of it, he spat in it, and then he rubbed it on a man's eyes. And when the man went and washed it out, he could see again. Wow, did you hear that? Like Jesus made this blind guy be able to see just by using mud and dirt. But you know what the really cool thing is? Is that Jesus said who he was in that moment. He revealed himself. He showed himself. And we believe that Jesus continues to show himself to us every single day. When someone does a kind act, we think that's God in that moment. When someone shares their favorite toy, we think God is in that moment. So we think 
that the most important thing is for you to have eyes to see God so you can be just like him. Will you pray with us? Dear Lord, please give us eyes to see you, Lord, and please help all of us to be kind to everyone today. And in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's go up to kids' worship. I was preaching on the Mudville Nine today, but that will be next week. <laughs> Our scripture this morning is from the Old and New Testaments, the first from the prophet Micah, the sixth chapter, beginning at the sixth verse. We are continuing in our series, The Gospel According to Baseball, and we find guidance through these words and from the Gospel of Matthew. Hear the word of God. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Our second lesson from Matthew chapter 25, beginning at the first verse. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. And when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. And as the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they came, while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Through your mercy, O oh Lord, we pray that these words to come will be always pointing to the, to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, where we pray this in his name. Amen. We, Willie Keeler, a right fielder who played for an assortment of professional baseball teams at the turn of last century, Baltimore, Boston, New York, was at that time, and actually for all time, one of the greatest hitters of the game, a career batting average of 341, 12th best in history. 
He was the preeminent placement hitter. A placement hitter is a hitter versatile enough that he can pretty much hit the ball wherever he wants it in the field. When asked what the secret was to being a good hitter, it was we, Willie Keeler, who coined the phrase, hit him where they ain't. <laughs> hit him where they ain't. It may be the most practical and obvious tip in baseball, hit them where they ain't. Great advice when you have a bat in your hand. And if that's the case, well, then perhaps the inverse is just as true. A good defense in baseball, the best way to keep the opposing team from scoring runs is to be where the ball is going to be, to put yourself in position for where likely the ball is going to go, to cover your part of the field, to be at your particular base. In baseball, hitting is always going to take the headlines, but it can reasonably be said that perhaps just as many games have been won or lost over what took place or did not take place out in the field. Lefty Gomez, the great Hall of Fame pitcher, once said that the secret to his success was clean living and a fast outfield. The positions on a baseball field are laid out to defend against the law of averages. Players are placed strategically to account for the greatest opportunity to snag a ground ball, a fly ball, a bunted ball, a screaming liner. And the trick about fielding is how a team nuances their positions. When a left-handed hitter is at the plate, the defense will likely shift a little bit to the right because left-handed hitters hit to the right part of the field. When a right-handed hitter is up, the, shift, the defense will shift a little bit to the left. It has been said that the 1946 World Series between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Boston Red Sox was won and lost not by what took place as much at the bat, but what took place in the field. That series featured a left-handed hitter, perhaps the best hitter in the game at that time, Ted Williams. Ted Williams was left-handed and be, could be counted almost always to hit the ball to the right side of the field. So St. Louis employed a shift when Williams came to the plate. The Williams shift, they called it. They shifted their third baseman all the way over to the other side of the field to play between shortstop and second base. So sure were they that Williams would hit to the right, and they were correct. Williams had a terrible World Series, got only five hits, one run batted in, unable to hit it where they ain't. Ironically, it was in the seventh game of that series when the Red Sox were out in the field late in the deciding game that a substitute in center field for the Red Sox, Leon Culberson, did not position himself ready for the Harry Walker loop single that allowed for Enos Slaughter to score from first base and to win the series. Took almost 60 more years for Boston to win a World Series after that, strangely against the Cardinals in 2004. And full disclosure, the Cardinals are my favorite team, just so you know that. Now all of this is to say that one of the keys to good baseball is being where the ball is going to be. Putting yourself in the best place to get to where the ball will be. Every time a ball is hit in baseball, every player moves instantly to be where they are most needed. A ground ball to first base means the pitcher runs to cover first. A single to right field means the second baseman runs to shallow right to take the relay while the shortstop covers second. A batter shows bunt, the third and first baseman charge the line while the second baseman covers first and the shortstop 
shortstop covers third. Every player needs to be where he needs to be. All bases need to be covered. One of the great sins in baseball is not being where you need to be. Interesting thing about baseball, you can fail at the plate two-thirds of the time and be considered a hitting phenom. But if you fail in the field more than two or three percent, they will send you to the minors. For 10 years, the Chicago Cubs employed one of the great double play combinations of shortstop Joe Tinker, second baseman Johnny Evers, and first baseman Frank Chance. With a runner on first and a ground ball hit to shortstop, the Cubs announcer would call it Tinker to Evers to Chance. Each man in place that in the place he needed to be. So long did this double play combination last 10 years, they even made it into a poem. These are the saddest of possible words, Tinker to Evers to Chance. Trio of bear cubs and fleeter than birds, Tinker and Evers and Chance. Ruthlessly pricking our gonfalon bubble, making a giant hit into a double, words that are heavy with nothing but trouble, Tinker to Evers to Chance. And of course, who can forget the old Abbott and Costello trying to sort out who's on first, <laughs> what's on second, and I don't know is on third. Baseball is about being where you need to be, ensuring that all the bases are covered. Well, life, it can be said, is a journey of discovering how to cover your bases, have you covered your bases? Is a familiar question that we've been asked in one form or another, form or another since we were young. Life is, we are told about the preparation. Life is doing what needs to be done. Have you cleaned your plate? We got asked at the dinner table. Have you brushed your teeth? We got asked at bedtime. Have you studied for your test? We got asked on our way to school. Have you, have you combed your hair? We got asked as we went out on our first date. Have you shined your shoes? We got asked before the big interview. Have you covered the bases? Later in life, it's questions like, have you enough for retirement? Have you the right insurance? Have you made out a will? Have you made peace with the people in your life? Have you covered the bases? Have you put yourself where you need to be? Are you ready to receive whatever life has to throw at you? At one level, this question about covering your bases as a little Darwinian, survival of the fittest, the strongest survive, the most prepared are the ones who most succeed, and the default has always been when thinking about covering our bases is about ourselves, about our, our households. Covering your bases has always been about protecting yourself. Have you put yourself in the right position for yourself to take care of you, to take care of your household? Nothing wrong with that, I suppose. We all need, of course, food and shelter, but Jesus tries to change the focus a bit when it comes to being where you need to be, when he tells us this parable about the kingdom of heaven, the ten maidens, the story about the coming of the bridegroom for the wedding, and the tradition of the time was for the bridegroom to promenade to the wedding and to be greeted by the bridesmaids, all with their lanterns lit. This is Jesus telling a story on himself and the advent of the kingdom. Will we be ready, he asks, will we be ready for the advent of the kingdom? Will we have our bases covered for the arrival of the Messiah 
Is your lantern lit not for yourself, but for someone else? It seems we have maidens in the story who have their bases covered and those who don't, those who have their lanterns full of oil and those who don't. You can be all dressed up, Jesus says, but with no place to go because you didn't cover your bases. So what's it about? What does it mean to have your bases covered when it comes to the kingdom of heaven? Well, it would seem, as one takes a look from Genesis to Revelation, that the Bible echoes over and over again a refrain on preparation. What does it mean to cover the bases in the kingdom of God? And perhaps it's summed up best in Micah's great rhetorical question, what does the Lord require of you? What does it take to have the bases covered when it comes to the kingdom? Where do I need to be? for whatever life might throw at me. Is it, the, is it the right number in my 401k? Is it the right insurance plan? Is it the certain amount of money I put in the offering plate? What does the Lord require of me? Well, says the prophet, he has already told you. It's there in the law, it's there in the prophets, the bases are clear to see. What are we to make sure we cover? to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God, to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with our God, first base, second base, third base. Where do you wanna be when the ball is in play? Well, you wanna be covering your bases. You want to be doing justice. You want to be loving kindness. You want to be walking humbly with your God. Yes, every day is different. Every season of life is different. Every age is different. Who is to know what time in history will throw at us? What changes will occur? What circumstances will arise? What ball will be in play in this great game called life? Every man to his post is what Churchill said to the British people as they waited for what seemed to be the inevitable invasion of the Nazis, every man to his post, he said. And it wasn't just the military he was speaking about, it was every citizen, the home guard protecting the streets, the night watchmen, the homemakers doing best with limited provisions, children praying, every person to his post, he said. Every player to his base. In the bleak days of American slavery, when people of color, African descent, were seeking to escape their bondage, many came to rely upon the Underground Railroad, stations along the way for fugitives to freedom where they could hide from the law. And each of these stations was the simple home, the simple barn, the simple loft of a simple American citizen who when the knock came to the door and the opportunity came to risk life, to risk freedom, to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly, they humbly put their households at risk to make sure that when it came to the kingdom, their bases would be covered. They had taken up their post 
Living a while in Philadelphia, we came to learn of one William Still, a freed African-American living in that city in the mid-19th century who knew that the time had come for him to be one such stop on that railroad, one such hiding place, one such respite on the journey to freedom, to shepherd people to what those back then called the promised land, that being Canada. Hundreds came his way, each bringing the risk of imprisonment. They were perilous times. And when in later life, William Still was asked about his participation in the Underground Railroad, it was William Still who said, oh, it was my good fortune to lend a helping hand to the weary travelers flying from the land of bondage. Good fortune? Really? Good fortune? To put yourself and those you loved at risk? Good fortune to be living in such harrowing times? Good fortune to focus your life on making life better for others? Good fortune to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly? Well, of course, because that's the point of the game, to make sure the bases are covered, to be where you need to be when the ball is in play. Two important men died this week. Maybe not important to us, but important to many, many people. William Will Campbell died this week. If you were a civil rights worker in the 50s and 60s, you knew that Will Campbell, a Baptist preacher, was the only white preacher that anyone in the civil rights leadership knew they could trust, the only one invited to be a part of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Why? Because Will Campbell knew that it wasn't the color of your skin that was to determine whether you were responsible for others' justice. If your neighbor was in trouble, it was every man to his post, every player to his base. Whether it was escorting nine black high school students to an all-white central high school in Little Rock, or sitting at a lunch counter, or marching in the local civil rights march, Will Campbell covered the bases to the scorn of many of his white brothers and sisters. It was his good fortune. Bob Fletcher also died this week. He had been an agricultural inspector for the state of California back during World War II. That's when the government began to round up Japanese Americans and put them into internment camps. These were the people that Bob Fletcher knew, people he serviced as a part of the state. Mr. Fletcher was approached by a Japanese-American farmer. Was there something he could do to help? Well, no, he said. He, he, he couldn't do anything about his friends being taken from their homes. But there was something he could do he could quit his job, and to the chagrin of many of his friends, he could take over three of the farms of his Japanese neighbors while they were interred. 
He could work 18 hours a day tending those farms, raising their crops. He could make sure those mortgages were still being paid. He could make sure the taxes were still being filed. He could cover his little expenses and make sure that when those people came back, half the profits of those farms would be in their bank accounts. Yeah, he could do that. He could cover those bases. It would be his good fortune to do so. And yours, what might your good fortune be? What base might you be pleased to cover? It will be different for all of us. The ball's in different play in different fields. But the bases remain the same. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. Plenty of opportunities for each of us to do that in each of our little lives. But the fortune remains the same. The good fortune. To hear at the end of it all the voice of the master when he says, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, William Still. Well done, Will Campbell. Well done, Bob Fletcher. Well done, you who sit in these Sarasota pews. For when the ball was in play, you covered the bases.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.